You're listening to Storytime for Travellers, where adventurers share their craziest travel moments. Hello and welcome back to the Storytime for Travellers podcast. On this episode, I'm chatting to one of my favourite travel photographers, Elliot Simpson. I've been following Elliot on Instagram for a while now and his photography always blows me away. So it was great to meet him and hear some of the stories behind his photos. And trust me, there are some good ones. Elliot got into photography when he got his first job out of uni and wanted to pick up a hobby and started travelling and taking photos on his adventures. He then turned photography into his full-time job last year and has now shot for companies like Ford Cars and signed to an agency with loads of other amazing photographers. In our conversation, we chat photographing the Northern Lights, seeing a cloud inversion at the top of Mount Snowdon and running down a mountain in the middle of a lightning storm and loads more, of course. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Elliot. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's great to have you here. Yeah, no worries. Good to be here. So as a travel photographer... Where do you think the most beautiful place you've ever taken photos of is? Oh, it's quite a difficult one, but I'd probably have to say either Iceland or California, I think. Whoa, which which one's best? Um, Because it depends what you're after and what you're into, but um, I feel like the ruggedness of Iceland and how bare it is out there is definitely appealing. Um, You can drive for like half an hour without seeing anyone which is a yeah. bit different to California. Um, I'd probably say Iceland, just for yeah. its variety of stuff. See, I went to Iceland once, and we didn't see the Northern Lights, and I was so devastated. Yeah. Like, honestly, I was shattered. So now it's, like, top of my bucket list to see the Northern Lights. Now, I know you've seen the Northern Lights yeah, because I've uh, seen all your photography, and it's amazing. Thank you. So can you tell us about seeing the northern lights so yeah um for me i went previously about four years ago and i went with my friend for a week and we're there the entire time it was just cloudy and people spoke about seeing the northern lights like two days before us and like the week before but we just got clouds so the only time we saw it then was on the flight in um then i went to game my photographer friends last march and we just had clear skies like throughout the day and throughout the night and this one time where we were out shooting northern lights or like a f- like a glimmer in the sky basically yeah. it wasn't really popping off um it was like kp2 i think if yeah you follow the scale um we're driving back somewhere after that driving uh along the road in the car looking out the window and then we just saw this like so it just dancing through the sky we just like frantically pulled over like whipped out our tripods um trying to take a photo of like a good composition and was, it's just amazing just seeing seeing this thing through the sky it's just it's just so cool like because yeah. it's like you're not going to see it in most places in the world it's just incredible um and then throughout that trip we saw it another two times which is cool that's so lucky yeah see i've only ever really seen it in photos and lots of people listening i think they've probably just seen photos of it what's it like how does it move what's it like Uh, so it's it depends on how strong it is but you can it gets bright enough that you can see it just on your iphone um it moves quite slowly but it's 
brighter than you think it is. It's not like the photographs because they're like really bright, but um, yeah, you can see it with the naked eye and it's, it's really cool, yeah. It's uh, something you have to see for yourself. Like photographs look amazing, but it's that experience that you have to see of your naked yeah, eye. Yeah, and I think it'd probably be quite emotional to see it. It's one of those things that's like one of nature's wonders. Yeah. And I found that before as well, travelling, like even seeing a sky full of stars, like you just think this is amazing. Actually, the one time that stands out for me was in the Philippines. I went on like a, it was like a firefly watching tour. It was actually a really weird story. I think that's probably a story for another time. <laughs> but we we had all these amazing fireflies in front of us you look up, the, the, like, the sky is amazing, like pitch yeah. black, covered in stars. And then we were on a boat, we were like in mangroves. Yeah. We looked down and we saw like bioluminescent algae. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's yeah. where the whole of the water is like it's glow in the blue, dark, it? it lights up. Yeah, so we yeah, sucked the oar in, moved it around. Wow. And the whole, like, the, just the water was glowing. There was fireflies everywhere and the sky was amazing. And it was one of those moments that was like, nature is incredible. Yeah, that's like two effort displays of nature, isn't it? See, I've had that a couple of times, especially with, I feel like the things in darkness are the most impressive because especially people that live in cities, they rarely even see the stars let alone like the Northern Lights or the Milky Way or something like that. And I think people kind of forget what nature actually looks like and what's out there, especially what you're talking about with the bioluminescent stuff. I know you can get that in Wales too, actually. You can get that in Wales? Yeah. In like, really? Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> um, I've seen that once before as well. Like in the, I was like 14 on the beach in Maldives with my parents and saw loads of bioluminescent That's a lights, really so. good trip to go yeah. on with your family <laughs> when you're 14. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Thanks, Mum and Dad. Yeah, that was really nice. Um, it's a funny story from then, actually. We, um, my brother and I were, like, snorkelling around the beach. Mm. Um, it's, like, beautiful water out there, like, coral beaches and everything. Super warm. And uh, we saw this, like, seven-foot shark, and we, like, completely freaked out. We just, like, saw this fin, saw a shark, yeah. and was like, oh, my God, what do we do? Looked around, couldn't see any signs for it, so we just, like, sprinted out of the water. Um and then later on, like the next day, we went on a snorkeling like boat trip. Yeah. And they were like pointing out these sharks, saying you can swim along beside them. But um, obviously, at the time, we didn't know that reef sharks were so like friendly. Well, not yeah. friendly, but they weren't a They're particular danger. Harmless. Yeah, to, not a particular <laughs> danger to humans because they don't really attack them. But yeah, you don't think yeah. that at the time. I have I exactly the same story. Yeah. <laughs> no, in Australia, when I was. Um, I was with a bunch of Australians on a boat and I went off kayaking in the morning like around the coral reefs and this baby shark swam up beside me and obviously I was like, oh my <laughs> God, there's a shark next yeah. to me. I'm like on the water next to it. And all I was thinking was, where's its mum? Like, where's its mum that's going to come and eat me? And I've never kayaked so fast yeah. in my life back to the boat. And all these Australians are like wetting themselves, themselves yeah. laughing, going, what are you doing? It's a reef shark. It's like yeah. a big fish. And I was there, like, having a panic attack, kayaking super fast to get back to this yeah. boat. Yeah, I think we're just very sheltered when it comes down. Well, animals. yeah, I think <laughs> we definitely are, because in the UK, especially, like, we don't have any predators to watch out for, do we? No. Like, in America and Canada and even in Europe, you're like, watch out for the bears. Like, we don't have anything. I know. Apart from, like, a sheep. Yeah. I think someone told me once that the most dangerous animal in the UK is a cow. It's like the animal probably, that's yeah. killed the most people. Really, yeah. What you don't want to get in a field of cows with all the To be fair, that's probably eat. quite scary. Yeah. yeah, but then if you go to like Australia, they're so proud of their dangerous animals. Yeah. 
I've never been. So have you been? Yeah, 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 I went two years ago. But they were just, they're so proud of it. And we're all just terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had any scary travel experiences? Um, I wouldn't say ones where I've actually been, like, frightened for my life, I guess. But I've had a few where... Um, Oh, I felt like a bit uncomfortable. I wouldn't say scary. So um, I went to California last year with my girlfriend and she, I went for two weeks and she went for a week. So it was a time where she left halfway through, she ran out of holiday and I was like, I'm in California, I'm staying out here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm so, not going home yet, yeah. I'm not ready. <laughs> so I was in um, on my own for a bit, trying to meet up with people, but some of that was uh, me traveling on my own and me camping on my own in... So California, this is on my way to like Death Valley. And the first night I camped out alone, there was like signs of bears and um, signs of like bears and everything. And I'm in the desert on my own and I'm kind of like a little bit scared, but I guess it's the first time I'm like in a big country I've never been before. Yeah, I think camping like, as well when you're literally on your own in the middle yeah. of nowhere. And like you can't hear anything. And then there's just yeah. like a bear, like a, a warning of a bear. And I kind of had that again traveling into Death Valley on my own. I had like enough water and everything, but I was very aware that if my car broke down, I'm like 50 miles from anything. Yeah, stuck um, on your own. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I like, managed to get to this like jeans and everything and it was fine. And like other people are there too. Mm. Um, but at the time it's a bit Yeah, it's, it's not like worrying. visiting a city by yourself where you're like, oh, it's like, it's fine. There's people that can yeah, help yeah, me if something no, goes wrong. No you're 50 miles, yes. Very isolated. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice at the same time, but you do have that. Yeah, and you just think if you fall over or get injured or anything, then you're yeah. kind of There's another stuck. time in, um, so last year in Chamonix, we, um, I drove down to Chamonix with my friend Tom um, in the camper van that I have. So it took quite a long time to get there. And uh, the I think it was the second night we camped out um Went up to the Aguidi Midi, which you can see like some people's summit Mont Blanc from there. So we went up to there, went back down to the base station and hiked along this like lovely trail in the summer to um, get to our camping spot. Um, set up camp there. The weather was all good through the day, but as the day progressed and we looked at the forecast, the storm was rolling in and we're up like two and a half thousand meters and it wow. takes a long time to get down to Chamonix. Yeah. Um, so we're looking at the forecast and everything. We're looking at the internet and this um, this infographic of the mountains. It has like the mountains and where the freezing point is and like kind of infographics of the clouds. And it looked like the world was ending on these graphs because it was just oh clouds, no. clouds, clouds, <laughs> like lightning bolts as far as you could see. We were like, oh, let's just wait it out for a bit. Um, we knew that we had to, if there was actually lightning around us, we should just go down. Um, and it wasn't until one hit like in the valley like a hundred meters away from us it was so loud like oh and we're in the tent like did you actually see the bolt of lightning no, we're, we're in the tent but we could see the flash and yeah. we knew that it was really really close that's terrifying so we were like we kind of freaked out and was like got yeah. all of our stuff in the bag and just ran down to this especially um, in a tent because you've got like poles around yeah, you yeah yeah and it is metal as well like you exposed. yeah that's probably the most dangerous place yeah, you it is, it is it is like to be on, on like quite high up mm. in the tent so we packed like some of our food into a bag and then we basically just ran down this trail back to back to Murder Glace which is like a, there's a hotel on the train thing so we mm. ran down there but it's the first time you know, people do uh, trail running 
Yeah. First time we'd done that, and there was actually loads of fun coming down, looking back yeah. at it, and we were laughing about it. But was it, it was really fine. was it like chucking it down with rain as well? Yeah, it? after that it did. So yeah. we, we went down after that, um, waited for about two, three hours before like the storm passed, but yeah. it's quite a lot of lightning. Yeah, see, I'm yeah. one of those weird people that loves thunder and lightning, but I think I would probably be not very... From not in the tent, Maybe yeah. not if I was like outside yeah. in it. But you know, some people get really freaked out with thunder and lightning. I'll be like, when I was younger, I'd like stand by the window and be like, Mom, look, there's... Yeah. <laughs> there's, I can see lightning. Yeah, it's fine from within a house. Yeah, it's fine I, when I, you're I like in the too. warm looking out like the window. Too, but I've never had it where... I've been somewhere where I could be potentially hit by it, especially if you're going to spend the whole night up there. Yeah, and you hear stories about people who actually get hit by lightning. There's that one man who's been hit by lightning, uh, like, I don't know how many times. This is a YouTube video, isn't it? He gets hit, like, twice know. in a row. Yeah, but also he's, I think, the same man has been hit on, like, multiple occasions, and he's still alive. Well, unlucky guy. I think he, well, I don't know, I think he might go, like, hunting for it really? or something. I don't know. I don't know the story. It's a weird, weird thing to be into. Yeah, yeah. very weird thing to be into. <laughs> but like, I think traveling in like cold weather and harsh conditions, because you go to loads of really snowy places. I've noticed in your photos, you always tend to go to like colder yeah. places. Well, I feel like because, um, yeah, I do like doing, naturally I'm quite a hot person. I do like the sun and everything. And like last year was the first time I went to a desert and that was amazing. Um, but while it's winter, I feel like, because we don't really get snow here, mm. I'm like, just looking for a proper winter, a proper season, want to experience the cold out there. And I feel like there's a lot of landscapes that people just look over, especially on Instagram. People are just like, oh, looking for like sun in Bali or something. Yeah. And like, so just, yeah, experience the winter. Um, yeah, and photography wise, do you find that you get better photos in like colder environments? Um. I feel like some of my favourite photos have been from the colder environments. Um, it's just the, there's a lot of whites and I do like some minimalism in my photos sometimes. So, yeah, I'd say it's some of my favourite places to shoot in. But also the most demanding because it's freezing. And yeah, your fingers must freeze <laughs> yeah, on the shutter. Yeah, sometimes your fingers are cold and like, you wake up like cold sometimes. And if I wasn't into photography, I just wouldn't take the photos, but that kind of drives you to push for it and just deal with it. Yeah, and I guess yeah. that motivates you to actually wake up super early in the morning to yeah. catch yeah, the that's, sunrise. Yeah, that's the difficult part about summer, actually, is the uh, sunset is really late, sunrise is very early, so... Yeah. And then the stars in the middle of the night, it's just like no sleep. <laughs> and talking of your photography... What do you think is your favourite photo that you've ever taken? And can you oh describe God. that photo to <laughs> us? <laughs> okay. Um, favourite photo I've ever taken. One recently would be from my trip to California last year, as I mentioned earlier, when I was in uh, Death Valley. Um, so I hiked up to this place called Eureka Dunes um, and spent the like day that, or spent the evening there, watched the sunset. It was really nice. Um put my tent up for like a little camp and it was all for like tips and photos with the Milky Way and everything. It was absolutely beautiful. It was like, couldn't hear anything, probably the most stars I've ever seen in my life because it's so dark out there. Um, very peaceful. I was basically sat there with my tripod, with my shorts in the sand. It was lovely. Yeah. Um, and then I went to bed and got woken up by the wind at like 2 a.m. I think. It was like very strong winds. I was like, this is too much for the tent. Um, I'm just going to pack it down and go back to the car because the car was only like 45 minutes away. Um, so I packed it down 
And as I was walking along the dunes, like the moon, the moon had like risen above the mountains at this point and had just uh, lit up all the dunes and all the ridges and everything wow. and just looked amazing. Um, so I took a few photos on my way down um, because I was on my own at this point. I had to use a tripod and I didn't have my remote trigger, so I had to use my phone because it's got Wi-Fi. Yeah. I can take a picture on my ah, phone. Clever. Uh, yeah, so yeah. I set that up. Found my composition along this gene with the me and everything, and uh, took a picture of like me, I guess, with my head torch. And yeah, when I took that, I was like, that's definitely one of my favorite photos I've ever taken. Yeah. And that's it, because it, it was one of those where I planned to be in that desert and I planned to take night photo- like night photography, but I hadn't planned to take that one. Yeah, so, you hadn't planned the shot and it just yeah. kind of happened naturally so and everything came stuff, together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that was my, like, um, silver lining, basically, because mm. I got woken up and had to bail. But <laughs> yeah, when you get woken up at 2 in the morning, yeah. most people are annoyed. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, one of my favourite photos, for sure, so, yeah, that's yeah. good. And on this podcast, we ask everyone about a pinch-me moment, so this isn't, like, a big thing that's happened to you, it's just kind of a tiny moment that maybe changes your perspective about something, or you just look around and you're like, I actually can't believe I'm seeing this. Um, so can you okay. tell us about one of yours? Yeah, sure. So, um, it's probably going to be another Northern Lights story. So, I was in Iceland again um, in January with some of my good friends. Um, I can't remember what day this was. Probably the second last day we were there. We hadn't had any clear skies at this point. Um, really wanted to get the Northern Lights again. And um, we went out to this place called Stockness, which is on the east coast of Iceland. I've been there a couple of times before, but never at night. And uh, we drove there like Colin McRae through the, through the dusty trails <laughs> to get there. Um, and when we got there, it's like the Northern Lights were like, visible definitely and then they kicked off a little bit but it was just they were kind of like mildly strong most of the night but just being there on the beach so it's this beach black sand beach um very still um it was re- like really quiet and peaceful um quite cold because yeah it's i can't i think i went to that beach but i can't imagine yeah. going there at night time yeah it's just because it's like black sand beach like you get a lot of reflections where the water comes onto the beach and retre- retreats yeah. um so on there of like a mountain at the end of the beach like there's not many places in the world where you get a beautiful black sand beach with a mountain at the end of yeah, it yeah it's um, incredible so we were there my friend uh, Tom and I were together taking like night photos and we've got these big puffy down jackets on um, and we had our like big camera bags on. We basically looked like spacemen and <laughs> we felt like... Yeah, I guess you have to take like, yeah, a lot of gear as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for a second then we were like, this is actually amazing. It doesn't really feel like Earth to us. It feels like a different planet. Yeah. And yeah, that, that for sure has been one of my pinch me moments and we were just like in awe of this place and how yeah. out of this world it felt yeah it was yeah great. it is that moment when you kind of look around and you're like like wow wow yeah, <laughs> it's the yeah, wow moment exactly. it's really weird and we have these moments so many times in trips and they just i don't know they're just the moments that stand out i think they're just really special times they're the ones that you remember even if they're not like a big significant yeah thing I think yeah. I have a lot of those, and that's like what I love about photography too is that I have these photos to remind me of that of that time. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and you said that you've recent well recently ish bought a camper van. Yeah, I love the idea of that. I've never <laughs> kind of done like a road trip in a camper van. Has that changed the way that you travel? Um, 
Yeah, I feel like it has, especially when I bought it. So that was two years ago now, I think. Um, and at the time, it's when I just went, I just quit my job and was pursuing something else, but it gave me a lot of free time to travel. Um, and traveling in the camper van is, aside from fuel, very cheap. Um, it's great to travel around the UK, and then I took it into Europe for like three weeks, and then another like week and stuff. It's just... It's a great way of doing it, and it kind of teaches you how much do you actually need in life. Yeah. If you've just got, like, a beautiful view and you're with, like, people you love, it's great, yeah. Yeah. And in terms of travelling in the UK, we were talking earlier before we started recording saying that I've not really <laughs> travelled enough in the UK. I think I kind of take it for granted. What's been like your favourite... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really do. What's been your, like, favourite trip in the UK and what's kind of oh. surprised you about the UK? Um, so, one of them probably has to be... This is quite a spontaneous trip. Um, I went up to the north of Wales, to Snowdonia. So, I live in London, which is about... Probably about five hours to where I started the hike. So, it was like a Thursday evening or Thursday afternoon I was like I want to get out this week and shoot the weather looks good I'm just going to go here and um, was meeting these two guys I'd never met before off Instagram um, drove all the way to where we started this hike I got there a little bit late because I stopped off at Aldi to get some food <laughs> um, so this is like when was this April yeah um, and we planned to get, like hike up there and camp so my bag's big um, quite hard to even like pick up off the floor and put it on my back especially with my camera stuff and my tripod um met up with this guy was like we were really pressed for time to make sun sunset um and at the time when you looked up the mountain you could just see a cloud i was like oh it's going to be cloudy mm. um You're like, is it worth it and then i'm with this guy that does it all the time we call him mountain man um it's called Alia, really, but... Uh, <laughs> he sounds a, cool. <laughs> yeah, he's got a good, good pace on him, and, yeah, it was quite hard keeping up with him, but we uh, kept on pushing, 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 uh, probably about 200 metres from the summit of Snowden, and then we started breaking above the clouds, and this is where I this, like, I've, I love cloud inversions whenever I've seen pictures of them. I don't know if you've been above the clouds I've, before. Like that. I have been above the clouds. I don't know if I've seen a cloud inversion. Can you just kind of describe what a cloud inversion so, is? So, yeah, so um, I guess the simplest way of putting it is sort of when, you know, when you're on a plane, you look out the window and you you just break above the clouds. Yeah. It's like that, but it can be in the valley. And you can see like a whole sheet rain. of clouds You below. can see the entire, yeah. yeah, just literally like you're above the clouds. Yeah. But it's... Um, it's not that common, and you do get it in the valleys of mountains, even valleys of just smaller valleys as well. But it's uh, definitely a sight to see in some of the best conditions I think you can get. Um, so when we like ascended above the clouds, it was just amazing. Um, yeah, and that is definitely again one of my favorite photos. I think was just yeah. me and my friend Elia and. Uh, watching the sun go down there and we ended up camping up there and shooting the stars as well and it stayed around to the morning I think that sounds yeah. amazing oh I can't imagine camping that high up it was that must uh, be just beautiful and then when you wake up in the morning kind of yeah, just so not, being that, up in a mountain it's so cool actually um, yeah that's definitely one of my favourite trips in the UK 
Yeah. yeah. Do you do that quite a lot? Kind of meet up with people, other photographers from Instagram, and do hiking trips with them. Yeah. So I feel like that's what Instagram's really good for. Is um, there's actually quite a small community when you break it all down into outdoor photographers. Um, I've actually noticed that following a few. <laughs> like nature photographers in the UK yeah. they all seem to collaborate yeah, know, and they all seem other, to go on yeah. trips together and know each other it's good though because like, I feel without that yeah it's just nice to be around similarly minded people and Instagram's a great way of connecting all of us um, I feel like that is one of the best parts about it to be honest yeah it's interesting to think of it in that way because I think a lot of people are like oh it's a lot of kind of like a lot of people just putting really beautiful things yeah. up. I feel like there's a lot of stigma yeah. behind it as well. Especially, But then it's actually so good for meeting people and yeah. collaborating on projects yeah, yeah, and yeah. also getting inspiration for other photography that you want to do. Yeah, and places you want to travel to as well. Um, yeah, it's a great platform for that. It's definitely a lot of negatives, but positives are good as well. Yeah. yeah. Is there anywhere that you've been that you either really want to go back to or places that you haven't been yet that you really want to shoot? Like any photographs you've seen other oh. people take and you're like, I need to take that photograph? Um, there's like quite a few. Um, do you have a list? <laughs> do you like, write it down? My, <laughs> listen to my head. So one that is uh, me and my friend Tom, um, I've been speaking about like quite a lot, it comes up, is uh, Greenland. Greenland Ooh, looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially with, like the pressing issues of like global warming and everything, um, I want to get more into like sp- like having a voice and spreading a message about that. But again, it's just like Greenland is like with Antarctica, it's like the top of the Arctic world. Really, it looks amazing, mm. and some of the landscapes out there are so rugged. Um, it's just been incredible to go there. Also, as a photographer, going to places like that where like the not many ice is melting been. as well, not yeah. many people have been, and also you're kind of preserving it like you're yeah. being part of like preserving history because it's not going to be there like it's the it's, ice is melting like, yeah i feel like as well like photographing those places you can help form like a powerful message mm. which is yeah and like because no one not many people go there it's not like a a tourist well yeah. not really a tourist place it's people don't see it and yeah. i think once you see it it kind of the message really hits home yeah like why don't we try and like preserve places like these yeah. And especially the animals that live there. So that's definitely on the list. Um, another one is probably... Uh, I'd love to go to Africa, like Namibia or something, and just maybe see just more wildlife, to be honest. Um, mm. In the UK, you don't really see much. <laughs> Take a picture of a cow. <laughs> yeah. I would yeah. love to go on a tour like that, like just looking for wildlife and the environments around it, so... Yeah, some, somewhere like Namibia would be up on the list too. Yeah, that sounds so exciting. I think that's all we've got time for, but okay. that's very exciting. Thanks Sweet. for sharing some of your stories. No worries. It's been great. Yeah. yeah. Great to have you here. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Elliot. It definitely made me want to spend more time in nature, hiking and adventuring. Nature definitely provides some magical moments and great stories. If you want to see some of the photos that we've been chatting about, you can find Elliot on Instagram at Elliot J. Simpson and on his website, ElliotJSimpson.com. I'm so happy having you listening to the podcast and your support means the world. 
As you know, we're still relatively new, so we need your help to share even more stories and get people listening to the podcast. So please share this with a friend and subscribe for even more episodes and amazing stories. I'll speak to you again on the next episode of Storytime for Travellers. Travellers.